and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And this and, is Tim. And I'm just just bigfooted right over the top of you, Tim. Sorry about that. Because and, and, and I apologize largely because I'm so excited because this is our seventh annual Funny Book Awards. Seven um, annual seven. Funny Books Awards. Holy crap. Seven big years. What have you been doing wow. with your life? <laughs> that is seven years of my life. I will never get back. I ask myself that every day. So, so uh, going to this award show, um, yeah, it, it occurred to me who, who, what, what, uh, what superhero are you bringing to the red carpet with you for the for the photo op? Well, you know me, it's uh, it's Black Canary, fishnets yeah. and all, yeah. <laughs> fishnets and all. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's who I'm bringing. How about you, Wayne? Spoiler: Stephanie Brown. Of course. <laughs> Is it because she's 15 or because she's spoiled? No, I'm just <laughs> you just had to remind everyone of the character's age, huh? <laughs> well, you know that's what I do. And and you, Paul? I don't know. I'm torn between Doctor Afra or Harley Quinn. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with Doctor Afra because you know. She's not going to kill me at the end of the night. Yeah, exactly. Dr. Quinzel will kill you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but they're both doctors. I guess I have a thing for doctors. Clearly. But, you know, I wonder if BT and Triple Zero will chaperone. Oh, absolutely. But the reason, I, I mean, I have to bring Dr. Afra because if I don't win any awards, I need her to steal one for me. There you go. There you go. Tomb Raider, that shit, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I, I, think go, I, think, I think what I'd do is I'd go classic. And I'd bring Diana Prince. I think that's look at you in the white outfit. Yeah, would no, she be wearing pants? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's gonna be. She's gonna be in the in the uh, in the uh, old the old school pants outfit uh-huh. with her hair up in a bun. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Look nice. at Tim showing us all up. I know. <laughs> Classing it up in this joint. I bring a thief. Wayne rings an underage girl. Tim and Aaron. <laughs> Got to class yeah, it up. That's right. That's right. Fishnets well, talking. you know, bef- before we dive neck deep into the funnies, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a while since uh, Tim and Wayne have been able to join us, and we haven't heard how their Christmas went. So any, you guys get any loot that uh, you want to share with the world? I got a ton of things. <laughs> so Many, many things. Yes. So the, uh, the Batman 66 Lego set. The uh-huh. Batcave, the huge, you know, $350 set. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Also nice that you shared yeah. the uh, price tag on that. <laughs> oh, will you, will you be building it until <laughs> next Christmas? <laughs> it's going to take a while to build. But first, I have to figure out where I'm going to put it. Because that's well, got to be displayed. Well, oh, you just hold on the circle button. I've seen these games. <laughs> <laughs> just keep tapping uh, it. I also got a Batwing drone. Oh, I got a drone as well. We'll have to uh, have them fight. <laughs> <laughs> I got the uh, the Starship Enterprise uh, drone. Nice. So. Have you crashed it yet? I was about to say, I smell oh, drone I, wars. Well, you know, I, I, I put I, I was dodging the, you know, I was flying it in the backyard. So I'm dodging the pool. Uh-huh. You know, I'm dodging our pergola, you know, over the patio. 
I'm dodging our 13 trees in the backyard. And while avoiding all of those things, I put it right up on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) Parked it like a boss on the roof. I did, like a boss. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's up there. (laughs) I'm like, God damn it. I mean, flying it for like eight minutes. <laughs> Anything else, Wayne? A uh, bunch of stuff, but those are the major ones. Very good. How about you, Tim? No, not really. It was very. It was a very utilitarian Christmas. Did you get a smartphone? No. Oh. No. No smartphone for Tim. I'm sorry, Timmy. That's okay. I, I think I have to have a GoFundMe page or something. <laughs> <laughs> we, but, uh, we will. We will kickstart that. You know, and. Uh, you know, one one of the backer rewards will be a selfie a day from Tim. <laughs> Nobody wants that. High res <laughs> HD selfie from Tim. Juanita doesn't even want that. <laughs> you know, at a certain level, you get a private backer reward of the unboxing from Tim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I learned by watching Paula Ponte. There you go. Look at this. Oh, my God. This is awesome. So... so Paul, you know, uh, one of the things I availed myself after the holidays of was the uh, Disney Store online sale. Yes. And so I got my uh, K2SO uh, Elite action figure, Mm -hmm. which is gorgeous, by the way. I mean, it's just it's uh, it's you know, I love that series and I I particularly love it with the droids and the armored characters. But uh, I, I get so frustrated with how secured it is and all the little wires you have to cut off. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> now you you are a, a a an experienced unboxer. Do you have some sort of special tool you use? You know, for for those types of things, I find that like a tiny pair of scissors, not like a like you know like um like a grooming pair of scissors, actually works huh. really well. Huh. You know, I was like my uh, my uh, wire cutters. You know, don't the uh, they're too pointy. You know, they need to be more rounded, mm-hmm. you know, like like almost like safety scissors. Right. Uh, to ensure that you're not going to you know scratch the, the the item. But boy, I, I you know, you spend 30 minutes trying to get it out of a goddamn box. It irritates the tar out oh, of me. I know you got to twist, 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 peel the tape off, twist, 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 twist. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it's a bitch. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. Now, I realize these are first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say that. I completely realize that these are first world problems, but God, and, and I appreciate that they come secure. I do. I appreciate that that there's, you know, uh, no, it, you know, box wear on this thing. But God dang, I mean, just I was like, I would pay somebody to unbox this goddamn thing for me. Where's Paul? <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, well, that's that's enough uh, commiserating about the uh, previous holiday. What we're here to do is to give away some awards. We are here today to honor those comics, characters, and 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 movies and TV that have thrilled and chilled us throughout the year. So, Paul, what's our first category? Well, our first category is favorite supporting character. Well, I I think my favorite supporting character has got to be you know. I, Wayne or Tim, Tim or Wayne, Tim. Is that because I'm know. the lead? I mean, 
Well, you know, I, you lift right out, Paul. Oh, huh. I mean, other, other <laughs> than doing show art, show notes, and editing, you lift right out. <laughs> <laughs> so who's going to start? I mean, I'll start. Fine. I'll start. <laughs> um, See, if I if I had kicked that off to Tim and Wayne, they would have ran right with it, Paul. So this is why you look right uh, This is This mm. is why I fail. Yeah. <laughs> If so, you weren't in the AV club, you know we'd we'd have to we'd have to <laughs> pull you right on out of this. AV club, yeah. And and I'm gonna put it in the wayback machine. Go ahead and turn the film strip, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite supporting character. Oh, listen to the hurt in his voice. I know. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> uh, my favorite supporting character. <laughs> um, I had a hard time deciding between two, but I think. I, I I think my winner for favorite supporting character of 2017. Tell us, tell us who your runner-up was. My runner-up was Lex Luthor. Okay, I can see that. Because he, he really he really hasn't been a villain in the Superman books yet. Exactly. Yet for this year, in this current phase, not yet revealed as a villain. Exactly. Um, however, you know, he is, I don't know that he also qualifies as a supporting character, but he, he, he mean, he essentially is. But anyway, on the same... And I'm I'm sticking with along the same lines um, in that my favorite supporting character for 2017 was Jonathan Kent, the son of Superman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, that character was introduced last year during Convergence. uh, But this year he really came into his own. Uh, You know, the year started with that Superman Lois and Clark miniseries. Um, and now Jonathan Kent is a main character in both the Superman and action comics books. And, uh, I just can't get enough of that character. And I know that hurts the cockles of my Damian Wayne loving heart. Uh, <laughs> but this year I got to give it to Jonathan Kent as my favorite supporting character. Well, you know, in the 2017 funny book awards, you won't be able to call him your favorite supporting character because he's going to be a main character in his own book. Exactly. And that's kind of why I didn't so. chose Damian. Well, I mean, Damian Wayne, he's, just, he's had his own book. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sorry, this is the 2016 Funny Book Awards, so I shouldn't refer to it as the 2017. Right. Very good. Very good. So, uh, Paul, normally I like to make fun of your choices, but I can't do that when we choose the exact same character. Damn. Because that was my favorite supporting character as well. That just happened. So, Timmy. Um, well, I, I, I didn't, I didn't pick the same character because, uh, I'm not cheating like Wayne. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I picked a beast from all new X-Men as my favorite supporting character. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I don't, not, I'm not reading the Marvel books, so tell me why. Um, the the beast in the all new X-Men is the time displaced beast. And he has gone through a um, kind of a, a shaking of his foundation. You know, I used to be really smart in 1960, but now every eighth grader has the same technology that I can do. He he feels like he's losing his uniqueness, mm. and it's a whole arc of him trying to figure out how to get it back, and then thinking there's there's a there's a, an issue with him and Doctor Strange where he um he thinks that maybe because they do this whole thing where magic might just be a math equation that we you know we can't comprehend yet, so he's going through a identity crisis and. It's it's not he's not front and center in all of the all new X Men books, but when he's there, it it's the part of the the book I'm more interested in. So that's why I picked Beast from All New X Men, and to be honest, 
it's the only Marvel book I'm reading right now. <laughs> you know, I had uh, two characters that I was considering uh, for this award, and and I'll I'll start with my runner up first, which was Lois Lane. Uh, I have enjoyed the return of the pre-Flashpoint Lois Lane. Um, you know, it reminds me of everything I love about the dynamic uh, prior to the new 52. And I, I, she's just a real partner to Superman. Um, you know, she, she's got, you know, her own motivations, uh, shared motivations. She, you know, uh, is smart. You know, she is not a character who just has to be rescued all the time. Uh, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed Lois Lane. However, there was another character that, uh, I think absolutely takes it away. And so it's three to one John Kent, because I absolutely adore this character. And uh, he 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 is new and fresh, and I'm just truly getting a kick out of uh, uh, Superman's son, John Kent. So, the twenty six the the Funny Books uh, Award goes to for best supporting character goes to John Kent. Woo woo! Wow! Just just don't hurt another cat. Yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We, we, yeah, we don't remember. We we choose to forget that part. That's right. I don't. That's right. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a good thing it's a cat and not a dog. Fair. Fair. We'd, we'd have been right out. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan Wayne Kemper, worst supporting character. Yeah. Wayne and I. We, we, he would have been nominated this favorite villain. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just had to one up Damian Wayne because Damian Wayne just crushed a bird. He would have been Road to Superboy Prime. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, I'm so interested now. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of favorite villain, um, you know, this was a year, you know, we've had some years where we didn't really have, we felt like we didn't have much of a choice on villains. And uh, I, I, uh, I have to say that I have two favorite villains. Uh, and and that they kind of come as a pair. They are they are Laurel and Hardy. They are uh, uh, you know they, they they are the twin evil doers. They are BT and Triple Zero from the Doctor Afra and Darth Vader books. Um, the, the they are the murder droids. They are the they almost seem like the mirror universe counterparts to R two D two and C three PO, and they are all about blowing stuff up and killing people and just doing terrible terrible things and torturing little torture droids. I love them. Uh, Kieran Gillen writes them beautifully. Uh, they're as whimsical and charming as R two D two and C three PO are. Uh, these guys are equally whimsical and charming. Just Horribly, horribly evil at the same time. And I love them. BT and Triple Zero, those are my nominations. See, Aaron, I want to agree with you because BT and Triple Zero are certainly amongst my favorite characters of 2017 or 2016. <laughs> I'm really going to have a difficulty with that. Um, but I don't consider them villains. And so that's why, you know, I, 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 I can't second your nomination as much as I'd like to. But I will say, I had a struggle um, to find a villain this year. Uh, you know, so many of the villains that, you know, we know and love, uh, have been kind of painted in a more heroic light this year. Um, folks like Lex Luthor, Clayface, the Cheetah. I mean, they've all kind of taken heroic turns this year. Even Uh, Dr. Doom in the uh, Iron Man books. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of villains left. A lot of the villains in the New 52 are too new for me to really like them, or they have tragic backstories that don't really make them villains of the piece. It's a lot more, you know, we're we're in the age of uh, Shades of Grey, so 
it's really hard to find a specific villain, except in the case of one book where the villain is truly the villain, no shades of gray. It's very obvious that the Borg in Star Trek Boldly Go <laughs> are straight up villains. And Star Trek Boldly Go, I think, took us all by surprise with the level of quality and writing and art um, in this book and, and how much we have enjoyed it. So I give it to the Borg from Star Trek Boldly Go. So this one wouldn't be nearly as hard if I could pick favorite villain from anything I've, I've seen this year. Um, because Zemo from Captain America Civil War was the best villain I've seen in years to me. Hmm. But... But if I'm uh, if I'm restricted to uh, comic books, I, I like Paul had a very difficult time. But the uh, the one that stood out to me was uh, Colonel Jacob Kane um, for his uh, Detective Comics villain arc. Uh, the reason I picked him is that it was a very organic, um, very organic to the character where. His villainy is he thinks he is protecting everybody, and in doing so, he's breaking a few breaking a few extra eggs to make the omelet. And the struggle with Batwoman to deal with the fact that you know this was her, her father's plan all along that made that arc pretty uh, a pretty uh, touching uh, arc. And add to the fact that it I'm quote unquoting killed Red Robin. Um. That that's why I, I picked it as I picked him as my favorite villain this year. It's a good choice, Tim. Yeah. So, like you guys, I really struggled to pick who my villain was going to be because the villains didn't really stand out this year. It's been a strange year for for stories, but yeah. You know, and I I'm half tempted to change my answer to the Borg like Paul, but I'm gonna go with what I I originally chose because this it isn't necessarily best villain. We're talking favorite villain. So to see Doomsday back as the mindless creature that he was, to see him treated like he was when he first showed up, to be a real threat, that you know that really brought back a lot for me. So I'm going with Doomsday. So I'm, before we uh, you know wrap this this category up, I'm, I'm surprised that that uh, we feel like there's a dearth of villains. Um, you know, I think, you know, there's Thanos, right? You know, and he, he had his miniseries debut in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is supremely villainous in that book. Yeah, but that book is still too new for me to have established. I, I would bring I would be bringing in too much of non-2016 mm-hmm. um, for me to have voted Thanos. Because don't get me wrong, I considered it, but not based on the two issues of his book this year. Okay, uh, yeah, So that's when why you look, I struggled. When you look at the big two, at least... You have Marvel had two major crossovers during the course of the year, one of them being Secret Wars, where it's hard to pick a villain there because everything was alternate reality. Mm-hmm. And then they went into, uh, you know, Civil War that none of us read and avoided all the Marvel books. So it's hard for us to pick Marvel there. DC's rebirth has really been character focused. So they haven't had they've had a big behind the scenes player. But they haven't revealed, you know, who all of those characters are. We have our assumptions. So it's really hard to pick the villain over there, too. Yeah, and there's been a lot of unintentionally bad guys, like the Eradicator. and, and Eradicator! Like and I think Tim's choice of Jacob Kane is a good one. Because um, I considered yeah, I, that, too. 
I did too. I considered Jacob Kane. I also considered Darth Vader because Vader had a, a big end to his series this year mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, continues to be a threat. You know, he, he was so imposing in that book. He continues to be a threat in the Dr. Afra book, yeah. you know, because they just talked about him. Oh, fuck. What if Vader shows up? Uh, and you could even tie it into how strong he was in Rogue One. Um you know, so I and I agree, you know, we've not been reading uh, Marvel near as much as we've been reading DC this year. Uh, and DC, to Wayne's point, is very, you know, the, 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 the drama and the oppositions are around the, the internal character, uh, you know, just kind of restating, rebirthing uh, those characters and, you know, recentering them. But uh, I do I, I didn't have near the trouble choosing villains this year as I as I have in the past. Hmm. See, I did some, but, have some difficulty, but. But no clear winner. Yeah, no clear winner in this category. Yep. So where are we headed next? We are headed to the converse of favorite villain, our favorite hero. Wayne, what do you what do you think? This year was the return of Superman for me. Yeah, I, I got a second Wayne's vote here. This one was this one was a no brainer for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I com- I completely agree. You know, uh, returning to the pre Flashpoint Superman in the DC books, you know, we got teased with this when Convergence uh, performed so strongly the previous year, and DC is like, okay, we'll do that. Um, <laughs> uh, this was one of those rare occasions in comics where I was given exactly what I asked for. Yeah. You know, I, that doesn't. I it, it is it is amazing to say. That, you know, we are weekly comic book readers and there are few times that I feel like I'm given exactly what I want as a fan. Um, You know, and sometimes that's a good thing because, you know, sometimes the fan doesn't know what they what they really want or what they really need. But I knew what I wanted. I knew what I needed. And DC gave it to me. And I absolutely love having Superman back and having Lois back. And even the the addition of John Kent is, I mean, just really scratching me right where I itch. And we saw this week uh, in the news that they are even more. Uh, returning that Superman to his roots because they're updated. They're tweaking his costume yet again. They're lightening the blues in the costume and and returning to his uh, his roots in the boots. Yeah, he's getting he's getting his old red boots back with the little V cut. Oh, nice! So and they're so removing hot. the uh, the gauntlets on the costume yeah. as well. Yeah, the gauntlet tapers on on the sleeves. Mm-hmm. So he's back to more of like a, a sweatshirt kind of looking uh, sleeve there. Well, and yeah, I, I never imagined when they brought the character back that we'd actually see this either. Yeah. You know, that we'd see him become the one true Superman again. Yeah. And let me be, uh, you know, kind of blunt about this. Superman right before Flashpoint was not a sh- the strongest uh, book. I mean, you know, it had gone through a, a couple of years of, of pretty bad storytelling. J. Michael Straczynski. Yeah. So... <laughs> Not only did they bring him back up on that, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but that that JMS storyline that was so horrible grounded uh, came right after one of my favorite Superman stories, which is by Jeff Johns, the new Krypton story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was fantastic. But, yeah, you know, it was they brought him back and they brought him back to a level of quality even better than where we left him previously. you know, I, I got to tell you, I, I struggle with what what happened to Superman over New 52 and now Rebirth. There's a part of me that 
DC knew what they were going to do all along, you know, that uh, they understood that they would have to come back to the classic Superman. But I, I wonder because there, there was a period where they they wanted Superman to sort of lie fallow for a while, you know, back in the 90s where they did that Action Comics Weekly. Yes. You remember? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, know, you had you had a Superman book with no Superman in it for a year or so. And that was excruciating for me as a fan because what I really want is Superman. I really don't want to see all the supporting cast on a, in, in a weekly adventure uh, you know, anthology book. But it feels like this was sort of that same decision that we need the character to lie fallow, but we really don't want to have a marketplace where there's not a Superman. So let's go ahead and create this off-brand Superman. And, you know, that, you know, we'll put we'll put big, talented guys writing it like Grant Morrison and we'll do some some new things. And, you know, when it when the time is right, we'll bring back the classic Superman. There's a part of me that wants to believe that this was always DC's plan. (laughs) I don't give them that credit. I really think they thought they knew better that they thought this was what people really wanted. I'm with Wayne on this. Yeah, I think you're right. I, there, there is, there is that part of me that wants that wants to believe that. That is also the part that wants to believe in fairies and Santa Claus, right? Yeah. But uh, I, I, I think that this was truly a well. That didn't work. What do we do now? Well, what about what about this this character that that we've had for you know seventy five years? Why don't we bring him back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's you know I was just looking up. You know we're talking about New Fifty Two Superman and and um. And I'm, I, I want to hear uh, Tim's vote for favorite hero as well. But, you know, we had New 52 Superman for five years. Yeah, it's a long time. November 2011 is when New 52. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but we had New 52 oh. for five years. It feels much longer, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, that, was a, that, was a, that was a horrible time in my life. <laughs> it was the dark times. The dark times, yes. I'm sorry, Tim. So, so Tim, uh, now that we have have waxed on about Superman, tell us who your favorite hero is. <sighs> God, here we go. Um, it really pains me to do this because I don't think we've ever done this. But uh-huh. uh, on my little outline, favorite hero says Superman right there. Oh wow! Look what? at that unanimous. unanimous. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty hot. All the re- all the reasons you guys said. It's been a uh, uh, I guess I guess let me back up. Maybe not all the reasons you guys said. The reason I've I've enjoyed Superman is he's felt more like Clark Kent, even in his outfit this year. You see his family, you see him struggling with retaking the cowl, even though he or re, re, you know being Superman again. We'll say, um, and that was enjoyable. It's enjoyable to watch him and his son, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's been a pretty big Superman year. So that that's there you go. Very good. Very good. A moment in history, a unanimous decision here on the funnies. Doesn't happen often. Yeah. And Tim chose Superman over Batman. I don't know that that's ever happened. Well, <laughs> Batman has not had a year that has stood out like Superman. Yeah. Not that Batman's been bad. Batman has just been consistent. Superman hasn't been. And that's why he stands out. Yeah. So uh, one of the one of the things that uh, we talk about here in the Funny Book Awards is the moment that surprised us the, mo- the, the most during the year. What was that holy shit moment? What was the most holy shittiest moment of the year? And so, Tim, tell us what you thought. What, what was the thing that surprised you the most this year? Oh, man, there was two of them. And uh, I uh, I guess I. I <laughs> 
Man, I'm even flip-flopping now. I, I'll go with what I originally wrote down. Um, the holy shit moment was when Batman pulled out the uh, comedian pin in his Batcave. Uh-huh. That was my holy shit moment. The smiley face button from one. Yep. 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 Didn't yeah. see that coming because I, I, I wasn't reading the the interwebs on that, but it was like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, add that to the, the, the you know, the rest of the comic where it's it's it seems like Dr. Manhattan is, is talking to Ozzy Mendez as he's recreating a watch like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, the, that was where it was for me this year. I, uh, I I share your 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 thoughts on that. That was my my uh, you know most surprising moment of the year, and I wasn't spoiled going into it. I had uh, avoided the press. I think Paul had been spoiled prior to. Yeah, Paul usually, come, Paul usually comes pre-spoiled. Yeah, uh, well, you know he's he has he has always passed his use by date. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I I remember reading that going holy crap! And you know think about that book. The book was eighty one pages, mm-hmm. eighty one pages written by Jeff Johns, uh, drawn by Gary Frank, and it was gorgeous from beginning to end. You know a lot of times you get a big book like that, and they they uh, have multiple artists on it. And, you know, parts of it sing and parts of it go flat. Um, this book was fantastic from the oh, yeah. jump. There's there's so much layered into it. So, you know, as you're reading it, you realize from the from the jump that you're reading something special in that book. And then you get to that end and you're just like it's like somebody set a bomb off. You know, I mean, you're just like, holy crap. And there, it seems like there are so few true paradigm shifts that can occur these days, you know, because we, we do everything. We have alternate universes for everything and and worlds collide. And that was just one of those, you know, there's the meta aspect to that moment that you're, it, it, Watchmen will never come into DC Universe. In fact, it, you, you, it was so understood that that would never happen. You never asked for it. You never mm-hmm. pined for it. And for it to happen, you're just a holy shit. But I'm curious, Tim, before we move away to, to hear the other guys, what was your runner-up moment? Um, when when there was the panel with Darkseid with the hole in his chest. Oh, yeah. In front I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> like, that character was so iconic and so tough, and Superman beat on him full strength. It's like, yeah, that guy's never going to – holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was my runner-up. Very good. So Wayne, so the same book for me that you guys just you're just referring to the rebirth book, the that big reveal of, uh, you know, of Dr. Manhattan, the it was less the uh, it's the same moment, the same reveal, exact same moment. But for me, the shock was less that pulling the button out. But I recognized the dialogue that was going in the background. Mm hmm. And it's like that is Dr. Manhattan's speech from the end of Watchmen. Right. And I had kind of those same things of I never even would have never even considered that that was a possibility that they would merge those worlds. It, I literally said, holy shit, when I read it. I mean, <laughs> it just came out of nowhere for me. So that was it was an easy choice for me this year. Polly, you know, the Watchmen is a good choice. The you know the reveal of the Watchmen. I'm in the same book, and as much as the ending was a holy shit moment, I, I, and I don't know, you know, holy shit 
it depends on you know how I, you want to take it. Right? Is it the most surprising moment or is it the biggest moment of the year for you? And for me, the biggest moment for me, same book, but came earlier in the book. And it's the moment that Barry remembers Wally. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. my runner up, Paul. That was the most affecting moment of any book in multiple years for me. Um, you know, it, it was a very emotional moment. Just yeah, the, 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 everything about the way it was told and how you feel like it's about to, you know, you're about to lose Wally for good and just the, the way it was drawn and the, the recognition in his eyes, it felt like a totally honest, pure moment in comics. And that, that's why that moment won for me. Yeah. It's a good moment. Mm -hmm. It's a good moment. So, you know, no matter how you cut it, if you haven't read Rebirth number one from DC Comics, which was released, I believe, in June of 2016, you got to go out and read that. I mean, it's just good reading from beginning to end, really resets the table for the DC universe. Uh, I, I, I think it's just it's just a huge book. And I, I cannot express enough how beautifully it's drawn and how well it's written. I mean, it, it just fires on all cylinders. You know, we 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 praised it when it came out, and you know, here we are on the funniest praising it again. It the the, the book has some staying power. Power it, uh, it it hangs with you. It's a good book. So, Aaron, what was yours? Same thing. Rebirth number one. The pulling the pin out of the wall and and seeing the uh, bean juice on the comedian's button. I uh, I I just I absolutely love that 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 moment. All right. And so. I'm excited. You know, we, the you know DC Comics revealed this week, uh, yesterday, I believe, um, that we're plowing forward. I forget the t it's uh, what's the title of the book, Paul? Do you recall? So it's going to be a crossover between Flash right. and Batman, and it's going to be called The Button. And it's going to be the about button. these two great um, criminal investigators teaming up to investigate. Uh, you know, where that button came from, the mystery behind it. And uh, so that the next step forward in the Rebirth saga is uh, yep. coming up, I think, in April, it said. In April. Yeah, that's when the crossover starts. So, yeah. And I think one of the things that excited me most reading about that crossover was that they are acknowledging that Barry is Barry's level of detective. Yeah. What, and I think the other thing that had me uh, excited about that, isn't Jason Fabok attached to that? I believe he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing the interiors and the covers. So, and there'll be, you know, for, for those of you who are looking for your variants, uh, I believe they're doing lenticular uh, variant covers on that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not hollow foil, Paul, no. but, uh, you know, they are lenticular. So, pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Very I, exciting. You know, I, the, the way you get me excited about your event, have a really good reveal and a decent story that flows organically uh, through your, through your, uh, your titles. Mm -hmm. That's how you get me into your event. Exactly. So super excited about that. So are Make you a note, Marvel. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, we, we, we didn't talk about, you know, it, it's funny Tim mentions that because we didn't talk about this year, our favorite publisher. I think we, we kind of axed that category a couple of years ago because I think it's kind of obvious based on the choices we make throughout this, um, this funny book awards. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Marvel definitely had a weak year for me. Um, I, I, like I, I think we've said numerous times that, uh, pretty much out of Marvel, except for a, a few choice books, mostly related to star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had some select books this year that were good, but as a whole, all three, you know, all four of us, I think dropped just about every Marvel book that we were right reading. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, uh, Wayne and I read the vision book. And uh, which was fantastic. Um, and Paul and I were reading the Star Wars books, 
But even then, I'm out on all those except Dr. Afra because they just seem to be spinning their wheels. Yeah. Yeah, and near the end of the year, a couple books I picked up, but, you know, like uh, Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, I've been reading that. Yeah, and, same. And, you, and, you know, Paul, I want to like that Thor book, you know, the... Uh, the Worthy the, Thor? The, no, the Lady Thor. Um, <laughs> I, want, I want to like that book. I'm about to be happy. There, there is I, Seriously, there is nothing wrong with that book. It's well drawn. The story is well told. It just didn't do anything for me. And it's, not, it's not the character. It's not that the character is a woman. It's just it's not what I want. Yeah, and I know? get that. But I, damn, that book is good. It is so good. And I, they just I began reckon, the Asgard Shi'ar War. So, so let me come to that in just a moment. I recognize the quality of the book. Mm-hmm. I recognize that it's appealing to an audience. It's just that's not me. Uh, I am much more excited about the unworthy Thor. Uh, I haven't read issue two, which came out, I think, last week, but I read issue one and I loved issue one. Yeah, I just love the name because it pokes Tib. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and that, that's a great book. And I'm going to continue following that book until it you know gets bound up in some terrible Marvel thing. Yeah. But uh, uh, <laughs> it's called the Marvel Universe. Well, I mean, it happened. It'll happen this summer. You know, some big thing will happen and, you know, it's going to derail all their stories. And that's the most frustrating thing for me. Whereas we've seen D.C., pretty much tell stories uninterrupted in their books and when it gets wrapped up in some sort of event uh it has it really is germane to the ongoing story um i you know i i can't express enough how much i'd like to be in on marvel but it doesn't feel like my marvel anymore just like when new 52 came along it didn't feel like my dc doesn't yeah. help they price themselves out of the market. That's true. I, there, there's very little that I'm willing to experiment on over there because they are so stinking expensive. Yep. Agreed. And I'd like to spend less in comics, not more in comics. So, well, let's talk about our favorite. Oh, oh, before, we go, before we go, Paul, I'm sorry. I'd cut you off before. Talk to us about uh, uh, Thor and the Shi'ar War. I haven't read it yet, but oh, okay. I, I picked it up this week. I'm super excited to read it. The Asgard Shi'ar War. Um, began this week in the pages of late the I don't want to <laughs> the Lady Thor book, um, and you know it looks fantastic, and I'm I'm really looking forward to reading it. So when when we gather for our next uh, weekly, you know, review show, um, I, I will certainly talk about it in more detail. There is it, yeah, Paul. Uh, is, is it? Paul? Is it... <laughs> Oh, you go ahead first there. Okay. okay. Uh, is it disrespectful to call her Lady Thor? I'm just trying to, to make a distinction. No, uh, I don't think it's disrespectful. I just don't want okay. that to be the only qualifier. It, it is, okay. you know, it is the Thor book. Um, you know, the no, you can Thor. call it the shitty Thor book, too. That'd be fine. <laughs> or I guess I could call her Jane Foster Thor. Well, it's just the Mighty Thor. That's the name of the book, the Mighty Thor. So... Um, yeah, I just I just don't think that's definitive enough. I think that I, if I'm listening to a podcast and I heard the Mighty Thor, I would think of the the usual Thor guy. Fair, you know. Fair. I, so I, I just I, I only say Lady Thor because I'm trying to make a distinction between the other Thor. And I know he's going by Odin's son now, but that's not going to stick. No, it's certainly not. <laughs> but it's stuck longer than I thought it would. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I got to be honest, I think part of that longevity has is owed to the fact that. Um, no matter how you feel about the character, the Mighty Thor book, uh, the Jane Foster Thor book by Jason Aaron and art by Russell Dodderman, who would have won this year on favorite artist for me if it wasn't for um, another artist, uh, is just a, a very strongly written and drawn book. Very good. Wayne? So, Paul, I was, uh, was going to say, did you ever think 
that we would see the return of Ben Riley not be a surprise or oh shit moment for someone like me. Oh, that's a good point. And you saw that the Scarlet Spider book is coming, right? Yep. There's yeah. a Scarlet and Spider book. The the reason is it's a clone story. I take nothing as surprising or shocking in a clone story <laughs> when the whole point of the story is to here's a character, be surprised and shocked. Yeah. Here's a character. Fair so, point. Yeah, so that's why it didn't even rank up there for me. Well, I think if the story was better, <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> then it probably would have gotten there. Well, that too. Well, so let's talk about our favorite writer of 2016. And, um, you know, Aaron, I, I don't know that you started any, so why don't you go ahead and start us off here? Well, I had three that uh, I, I was thinking really hard about. And, you know, one of which is, you know, we've already talked about Jeff Johns and largely because of Rebirth number one and how he set the stage for the rest of the year in DC Comics. Um, but I, I have to say that, uh, you know, just like uh, BT and Triple Zero uh, being my nomination for uh, favorite villain, my nomination for a writer are two writers who are working on the same character but in different books. But their their stories are dovetailing and interwoven and uh, in the pages of Superman and the action comics, and it's Pete Tomasi and Dan Jurgens. And the, these two guys have just done a remarkable job uh, – Making me, fee, you know, feel at home and cozy with my pre-Flashpoint Superman, while also revealing new things about him and and developing the character in the world that he's in right now. Uh, because you know, the the world of DC Comics, this new Fifty Two world, even though in Rebirth, is very different from the world these guys came from. And uh, I, I, I'm really getting a kick out of seeing how. Superman and Lois and John all fit into this world. And, you know, also seeing, you know, how this Superman reacts to the other heroes and reacts to his villains. You know, he, he's not so sure about what's going on with this Lex Luthor. You know, he's he, he doesn't trust him because he's got experience with his own Lex Luthor. But, uh, you know, he's 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 worried. You know, maybe this guy isn't quite so bad. I, I love what these guys are doing. These stories are, aren't just on the nose. They're nuanced. Uh, I think there's a lot going on here on these pages. And I think there's going to be a lot we're going to be referring back to in years to come. Well, I'll go next because I want to continue your um, your point, which is I, I struggled between Tomasi and Jurgens or Jeff Johns. I had this, the same choices, but for me, the winner actually ended up being uh, Jeff Johns for me. Between the conclusion of the Dark Side War, which, uh, you know, led into Rebirth and DC Rebirth number one, and just how much he's had a hand in the direction of the universe, um, I had to give it to Jeff Johns. Uh, and I just I, I just realized when you said that, Paul, that I uh, when Tim said, oh, you know, when Dark Side got shot, uh, you know, I said, oh, forever evil. I meant Dark Side War. So that's the book we were talking about. Mm from his holy shit moment. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I, so that, so Jeff Johns for me, um, he just squeaked it out just because we, we wouldn't have had these great stories that Tomasi and Jurgens are telling if it wasn't for the setup that Jeff Johns gave them. So that's why I gave it to Jeff Johns. Uh, but I, I certainly had a struggled between him and, uh, the, the, the choices you made. So for me, Jeff Johns, you know, Paul, I, I had written down Pete Tomasi, but, I kind of feel like after talking about all the moments this year that we we stood up was in one book, and that was Rebirth One. I I think I think I'm going to change it to P, to uh, Jeff Johns as well. That 
it's very rare for us to point to a, a, a single defining moment for anything in these awards, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for all of us to say that book was, you know, five-star stand-up applaud book, and it was. Right. Well, yeah. It, none of the other books I read, even though I read some really good books, none of them hit that mark except that one. So I'm going to second your vote for Jeff Johns. So for me, when I go to, to favorite writer, I try to look at consistency. Jeff Johns over the years has been incredibly consistent for me, and that book was incredible, but that's all I really was reading of him this year. So while I thought about him, I didn't go with him. I went with Dan Jurgens because even before the uh, rebirth, he was writing that Lewis and Clark book, mm-hmm. and that book was incredible as well. So he has consistently, every book of his I have read this year, I have loved. And, you know, you can extend that to Tomasi, too, like you were saying, Aaron, because those two do kind of go together. Those books are flowing together really well. But when I thought about it, it was Jurgens that jumped out at me because of Lewis and Clark first. And then, you know, once he became the one true Superman again, then Superman. So we have a tie. Yeah. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, and very exciting. Uh, all related to uh, Superman, DC. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, you know, a good writer is only a good writer because he's paired with a great artist. Mm-hmm. And so our next category is favorite artist of 2016. I feel like we're going to have some uniformity here. Oh, I, don't I doubt so. it. I don't I doubt think so. It. I, I, I'm fairly certain that, that everyone has forgotten about mine. But Tim, kick us off. Uh, my favorite artist was Francis Manipal this year. Um, huh? I love the work that he's doing in Trinity. It is, it's it's a little different than the um, the other uh, Superman Batman books we're getting, and I I just I just love the effort that I see on these pages when I when I flip through my my year in books. Um, I, I you know I I love the way he's drawing Superman. I love all of it. <laughs> so it was it it wasn't a hard choice for me. Wayne. So uh, yeah, Wayne, what do you got? So at first I was thinking that none of the artists really stood out for me this year, that there's been some great art, but then none of them jumped out. But then we keep talking more and more about that rebirth issue. Paul, who was the artist in that? There were multiple artists, but um, I think there were multiple artists. I mean, Ivan Rice was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Frank did. I think each uh, there were like different segments that were done by different artists. And that was exactly what I was thinking. Is that when I think about some of the books I've really enjoyed the right the art on, there have been multiple artists that have done them. So I really don't have anybody that jumped out at me this year. Okay. Well, hey, that's okay. Area. So we have one abstention. Yes. <laughs> we always have a couple of extent abstentions every year. So so my f- uh, favorite artist is drawing on a book that I think is uneven, you know, in the storytelling. I'm enjoying it, but I think it's a little uneven. Uh, and I, you know, I'm waiting for it to to pop. But I got to tell you, it's the writing that's uneven, not the artwork. And visually, it's one of the most interesting stories I've seen this year. Visually, it surprises me. It excites me. It pops. I mean, just pops. 
And that artist is Scott Collins in the pages of Blue Beetle. He drew one panel in particular that I think Paul and I waxed on about five minutes on that episode uh, where he drew Dr. Fate uh, in, in a flashback to oh, you yeah. know ancient ages. And it was just spectacular. And I'm just I mean, I am literally I am buying the book because I like looking at it. It is gorgeous. It's one of those things that, you know, we, we, we've talked about on the show this year uh, that Paul and I are really getting out of, of print, even in collected editions. And this is one of those things. It's like, man, I, if they came out with an artist edition of this book, I would snap it up because those pages are gorgeous. Yeah, no, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Uh, you, you, so I was wrong. You you guys are right. There is no uniformity um, <laughs> in this category because my choice was Pat, Pat Gleason. Uh, you and know. that's a strong choice. I, I I enjoy Pat Gleason's artwork. Yeah, I mean, between define, you know, though he is not the creator of Damian Wayne, he has certainly defined the look of Damian Wayne for me. And now he I, has done the same for Jonathan Kent. You know, you say that he didn't create Damian Wayne, and that's true. But I think that Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason have refined Damian Wayne, have rebirthed Damian Wayne uh, prior to the rebirth storyline. Uh, the Damian Wayne present in the Grant Morrison books really looks nothing like uh, the Damian Wayne that you see in the Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason books. I couldn't stand Damian Wayne in the Grant Morrison books. Love, love, love him in the Tomasi Gleason books. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, just the way he, you know, the, the art that he's been doing in the biweekly Superman book, I know he's been trading off with um, Doug Mensch, but I really give it more to Pat Gleason because he also has a hand in the writing. Um, love, love, love Pat Gleason. So we have yeah. a, a three-way tie. We have Pat Gleason, Francis Manipal, and Scott Collins as our favorite artists of 2016. Very good. Woo! All right. So, so we, we, we dovetail from favorite artist into favorite cover. And uh, I'll kick that one off. I, you know, I, I went through one of the nice things about reading digitally is that it makes it a whole lot easier to sort through these covers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite cover is by one of the artists that uh, we just talked about. And I'm trying to pull, pull it up real quick. But it is the cover to Superman number one by uh, uh, Patrick Gleason. And it's got, you know, right under the Superman title, it's, you know, Superman tearing off his Clark Kent garb with the big, you know, S shield reveal, you know, real, real classic look beneath it. It is, you know, uh, Lois Lane and Jonathan standing by, uh, over the farm and you've got villains on the left and the right. And it's all just things are changing, you know, and it, it's just, it is very much, it has, it, it evokes what we're seeing in rebirth. I think that this is, this is not just a good cover to sell books. I think that there is so much going on on this cover demonstrating this is a return to our roots. It's telling you exactly what this is. This is a, a Clark Kent Superman who is established. He's He's got a family. He is our pre-Flashpoint Superman. He, this is a different Superman from the Superman we've known. He's not the loner. Uh, he's not the guy who's just full of self-doubt. This is our heroic classic hero, and I just love this cover. And I said it when we, when we uh, reviewed this book that this cover was just dynamite. And that said, there have been a lot of fantastic Rebirth covers, but this by far is my favorite. 
You know what, Aaron? You've got the right team. You got the right book. You just got the wrong issue for me. <laughs> Mine is Superman 10. Superman 10 is a cover that features Superman and Batman face to face, along with Damian Wayne and Jonathan Kent face to face. It is the father and son face off book. And I was so geeked when I saw that that I was like, this is a book I, I, I have to get strictly for that cover. <laughs> yeah, they are nose to nose. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the grim dark versus the bright future. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I was, yeah, was so in. It's a good cover. It's a good cover. I uh, I second Aaron's vote for Superman number one. That that was my choice as well. I don't know that we've ever had a winner in favor cover, <laughs> um, but we we have two votes for the same book. God, I hope we don't now. Come on, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, Tim. Um, when I was looking through covers, I looked. Like Aaron, I go through all of my books, you know, that I bought digitally. I looked through all the covers and I had like, I had two that really jumped out at me that I then realized were in December of 2015. So I couldn't go with either of those. Do, 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 do. Yeah. One was a, one was a vision issue and one was a spider woman with her holding the baby. Cause that book has been really good. So from there, I was like, okay, I can't do those. So I started going back through the newer books. I landed on the one that you were talking about, Aaron. And I looked at it, but I was, there's just something about the art that I didn't, I don't want a poster of that one. It tells the story of what's in the book, but when I look for covers I want, I think what would be a really cool poster to have up on the wall. And so I went with also a Superman book, though Superman American Alien number seven's cover with Superman in space floating. The earth down there and just the symbol on the earth. That's a good cover. And I had actually forgotten about Superman American Alien uh, being out this year. But that's a good cover. It's not my favorite cover, but it's a good cover. So we have a winner. A first in Funny Books history. Right. <laughs> Except maybe the year that uh, we, we ticked Tim off so much uh, around covers. <sighs> <laughs> How long did you spend researching those covers, Tim? Over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just good times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know the when you look at the covers for the current volume of Superman, all of those covers are good. You know, there's not a stinker in there. Yeah. It. Uh, I mean. The uh, I, they're all just fantastic. I mean, I, I love all those. I particularly enjoy the one with uh, the the uh, Superman and uh, uh, John heat visioning the Superman logo. Yeah, you know? it's it's really nice. But yeah, good stuff. All right, moving along. We're moving on to favorite limited series or original graphic novel. So Wayne, so there were a lot that I was looking at this year and. The Superman American Alien almost made it, but it went back into the year before by like half of the series. So, you know, there were a lot of really good books, but the one that jumped out at me that I still have gone back and reread, and now there's an ongoing series for it that is really good as well, is Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. And I think the reason for me that hit home, just like we've been talking about, we've got our Superman back. Mm Mm-hmm. 
this felt like we're I'm getting a little bit of Spider-Man back. The Spider-Man married to Mary Jane, but with his life progressed and a daughter, and it really struck that that itch that I had for a Spider-Man story. Because I'm not reading the current Dan Jerk or wow, the current Dan Slot Spider-Mans. So I have to get that Spider-Man somewhere. I hear you. I hear you. I'm not. I, it has been so long since I've read a, a new Spider-Man book. I've been getting my fix on the uh, the Spider-Man sales from you know storylines years and years ago mm-hmm. that they have on Comicsology. Yeah. So Tim. Well, uh, you know, I, I I really got nothing on this one. I looked through all the books I bought this year. None of them say they're limited series. Mm. None of them. So my 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 uh, my votes up for bids. So uh, I'm gonna put this, <laughs> I'm gonna put this jar here. It's just Tim's smartphone fun right in the middle of the table. You and uh, you know. Let me see what you got. Well, uh, I had three that I was considering pretty hard. Um, the first was that is a is a current running limited series that I'm just enjoying the hell out of, hell out of, which is the Death of Hawkman, featuring the buddy comic that you never knew you wanted with uh, uh, Adam Strange and Hawkman trying to disarm a uh, conflict that's engineered by Despero pitting the Thanagarians against uh, uh, Adam Strange's adopted homeworld. And, but, but, you know, I like it a whole lot, but it's, it's not the best thing I've read. Um, And the the other one was uh, the Lois and Clark miniseries, the eight issues that we got um, reintroducing the pre-Flashpoint Superman. There was so much I loved about that book, but I will tell you that much of the art was uneven. Uh, there, particularly as that series ended, uh, we saw, you know, I, I complained a lot that Lois didn't look like Lois and that some of the, the acting, uh, you know, as, as the characters were responding to situations just didn't look authentic, uh, looked like a, a much less skilled artist had, uh, rendered those scenes. Uh, so I had to disqualify that one as much as I enjoyed the writing, you know, you've got to have both the writing and the art there. So for me, the limited series that it has just really spun me up, and this is you you gotta have the appetite for this one and you gotta have you 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 got to have a deep love for the subject matter because it gives you absolutely nothing. It expects that you come armed with information uh, when you pick up this book. But it is Tarzan on the planet of the apes. Uh, and the, the artwork continues to just be beautiful. The story does something different and exciting every issue. But if you don't have a, a fundamental understanding of what's gone on in the classic Planet of the Apes films and a little bit of Edgar Rice Burroughs' Tarzan, you will be lost, lost, lost in these pages. So that that has my, my bid is uh, Tarzan on the Planet of the Apes. Hmm. Hmm. So, well, I'm a little concerned that my choice may be, since no one else chose it, I'm concerned that maybe it doesn't qualify. Um, <laughs> because it, it seemed like the obvious choice to me, but no one chose it, uh, which is DC Rebirth number one. Uh, you know, I kind of look at that as an original graphic novel. It's a one shot, 80 page uh, book. I think it absolutely qualifies. So I, I give it to DC Rebirth number one uh, for all the reasons we've been saying and for what it did to the DC universe and for the art and for the writing and for the holy shit moment and everything about that book. 
um, was just amazing. So I give it to DC Rebirth number one. And because Paul put 50 cents in the jar, I'm going with Paul's vote. Bam, Paul. And if that counts, because I just realized my book came out in 2015, not 2016, I am changing my vote as well. To Tarzan on the Planet of the Apes? (laughs) I I actually was going to until Paul said Rebirth. If Rebirth counts, I'm going Rebirth. I didn't think it counted because it was a one shot. No, I think I think the size of it makes it no GN. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So DC Rebirth number one. Yes, sir. But, But Aaron... Tarzan on the Planet of the Apes was definitely a contender for me. Um, if it wasn't for DC Rebirth, it, it certainly would have been that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I think Tim may have some opinions uh, about our next category. Uh, I, I, yeah, I am really curious to hear what Tim has to say about favorite TV show based on a comic book. Ooh. So... I uh, just a little behind the baseball. I don't I don't watch the the shows as they come out anymore. I, I I've cut the the cable so to speak. Um, I'm watching them on Netflix, and I gotta tell you the uh, my vote was Walking Dead this year because uh, not because uh. of not because of uh, season the the season that's out, but the uh, the the season before. Um, with watching watching the the build up to the ba- basically the end of the the stronghold in Virginia there, mm-hmm. and uh, the the uh, the very the, end the Negan scene. Yeah. You know that that was a really strong season, and I got to tell you, you're in for something with this season. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm gonna have to wait, but that's that's where I'm going. I will say, Walking Dead just gets better and better. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So Wayne. So I'm behind on Walking Dead by quite a bit. So it's not in the running for me, but it, I did enjoy when I was marathoning it. It's a great show. Uh, for me, though, I look at all the shows that I watch. I hear all the comments about the ones that I'm not watching. But the one that I consistently watch, the day it comes out, I don't watch it as it's playing because I don't want to see commercials. But you're not a savage. Exactly. But I watch <laughs> I watch it that night every single time is Supergirl. I love that show. It Before we got our Superman back, it was scratching my Superman itch. But it is its own show with its own flavor. And it's just that upbeat super flavor. And this year we got Superman. And we got some other characters mixed in. And it consistently is the show that I just love watching every week. We get that you know, when I think flavor. of TV, I think of Ally McBeal. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul. See, I, I've never seen Ally McBeal, Tim. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, my choice was Daredevil Season 2. Um, yeah. You know, that, that came out in May on Netflix. Uh, and I thought, you know, I, I still haven't seen Luke Cage, but in a year where I have since dropped out of all the DC TV shows, um, you know, like uh, I've dropped out of all the ones on the CW. Uh, I never started really with Gotham. And, uh, you know, the, I, 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 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I, I got excited when Ghost Rider came on and quickly dropped off on that one. Um, you know, wow, I, you didn't like the Ghost Rider storyline? I just never finished it. <laughs> oh, because it was it was good. So for me, I, I had to give it to uh, to Daredevil season two, and not not by 
not just by default, not because I didn't like a lot of other things, but genuinely because it was an excellent series, uh, you know, season. Yeah, and in fairness to the Netflix shows, I haven't watched season two of Daredevil yet, so it may have taken it for me if I would have watched it. Luke Cage, I started watching, but it just starts so slow. Yeah, I, I will agree. Luke Cage is a slow burn. Uh, it 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 is worth the wait. Uh, but the, the reason why Luke Cage doesn't win for me is simply for the fact that I think there are some pacing issues. But I deeply admire the work they did there. They they created, uh, you know, they moved out of Hell's Kitchen. You know, they've had a season of Daredevil. They've had two seasons of Daredevil in Hell's Kitchen and a season of Jessica Jones in Hell's Kitchen. And they moved out of Hell's Kitchen. And I'm just going to keep saying Hell's Kitchen over and over again. Uh, but, you know, they moved to Harlem and they set up, a, a, you know, a, a different world for Luke Cage. And I, I really enjoyed all the characters there. I enjoyed the bad guys. Um there, there are some just great moments in that in that uh, in that series. I love his origin story, um, but it did not it did not thrill me or excite me in quite the same manner or level that Daredevil did. Season two, uh, Daredevil season two was fantastic. Um, I, I love the tortured character that Matt Murdock plays. Um, I love the paces they ran him through, you know, the, the, the fight scenes, uh, you know, it's not just the action, it's the characters. His supporting cast is amazing. His supporting cast in that show is just amazing. And as is the supporting cast in Luke Cage, you know, I, I, I love the supporting cast at the barbershop. I love, uh, that night nurse, you know, Claire is, um, so heavily associated in that in that show with Luke Cage, uh, but Daredevil, far and away, I think what was was a better story told in, in on screen. Um, completely dug it. Completely dug it. I really need to sit down and finish watching the season because that's like I say I haven't watched it, so I have no no vote towards just because of that. I've only watched the first episode, which was really good and yeah. didn't have any of the pacing issues that say Luke Cage did in the beginning. Yeah. I, I, I will say that I, I enjoyed daredevil. Um, but I feel like they should have flip flop parts because the punisher part was the stronger part. And I feel yeah. like that should have been the end. Yeah. That's it, said, it, it was really it, good. It did I, feel like it, it uh, reached its peak, you know, a couple of episodes before its peak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. but but uh, I will say, I, I like Paul. I'm out of a whole lot of TV shows. Um, I am semi current on The Flash. Uh, I think I, I I I think the last one I saw was the crossover. Right. Um, I haven't started Arrow this season. I see that it just got picked up for another season, by the way. Um, I I am way far back on Supergirl. I think the last thing I watched there was the uh, – I watched it out of order, by the way, the okay. uh, the crossover. Um, haven't started uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I stopped watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a long time ago, but while I was traveling earlier this fall, I did watch one of those Ghost Rider episodes, and it was terrible. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> oh, I – I love the Ghost Rider story arc in there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was so bad. But, yeah, Aaron, I think if <laughs> for uh, Supergirl, the crossover was the last episode. But, yeah, when I look at the uh, the CW shows, 
Flash, this has been the weakest season so far. There have been some standouts that I really enjoyed about it, but it it is the weakest season. Arrow, Arrow nearly lost me entirely last season, and this season I just I don't care. Yeah. The uh, the the because like I said, I'm watching them at the end of the Flash season with Zoom. I thought it was pretty strong. I, yeah, I I enjoyed I enjoyed the last few the few uh, parts of that the reveal of who Zoom was the the buildup of how villainous he was. Oh was, yeah, that was season good. was great. Yeah, it was good. It, that was that was my runner up. But... It left with a lot of promise that it didn't fulfill. Yeah, great. What, what I was surprised by was I expected you to say Gotham. I, I, I love how much you like it. Yeah, I love me some Gotham, and it's a good show. But this year, I was just I was Walking Dead. All right, so uh, you know, Daredevil takes our uh, Funny Book Award for best TV show based on a comic. Well, he so, thinks it's the award; it's actually a plunger. <laughs> <laughs> and so, dovetailing from TV to film, favorite movie based on a comic. So, Paul, hit us. You know, so let's let's talk about the nominees that that we we had eligible this year um because yes. last year was after last year which had like a cornucopia of comic book movies this year we had um about i'm looking at seven it looks like if you really want to consider um some of them doctor strange deadpool civil war x-men apocalypse uh batman versus superman dawn of justice suicide squad and if you want to count it, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um, so there were some really weak movies this year, and there were some really great movies this year. Uh, weak like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, you <laughs> shut your you shut your hole. <laughs> More like X Men Apocalypse, which is damn near unwatchable. Um, I I I you know I I wanted to give it to Batman versus Superman, but what I ended up going with, um, which is a story that. That I, I, I was similar to Batman versus Superman, but did everything better was Civil War. <laughs> it was similar to Batman versus Superman, except it wasn't a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love Batman versus Superman, but Civil War takes I the cake. Too, but there is so much wrong with that. Oh, yeah. <sighs> the director's cut is almost a good film. Yeah, I I can't even agree with any of that. I hated Batman versus Superman. It's bottom three for me. It's right down there with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and X Men Apocalypse. Like, are you, are you, you going to get out the Paul knife for uh, Wayne, Tim? No, no, no. Um, so I did at least watch it though, t- Tim. I bet he Paul didn't watch Ninja Turtles. Oh, I watched Ninja Turtles. He loves Ninja Turtles. Hell yeah! I went to a preview yeah. screening. Paul's got Paul, it on Blu-ray. Paul is my Fast and Furious Ninja Turtles buddy. He's got it on Blu-ray, and he's getting it for 4K. <laughs> <laughs> Ninja Turtles and uh, Fast and Furious. That's Tim and I. Well, we didn't we didn't lockstep on this one, Paul, um, because there's only one movie that I went to that I literally thought I was going to pee my pants laughing so hard, and that was Deadpool. Like, hands down. Civil War, really great movie, but it was not Deadpool. Yeah, I'm with Tim. Civil War was a great movie. Loved it. It had a few issues, but there was no contest this year. It was Deadpool. So uh, I like Deadpool a lot. Um, I have I have watched it twice. I own it on Blu-ray now. Tim, you still need to go see Doctor Strange. You made I a still, deal, Tim. What I about still, your word, Tim? I what still, about your word, Tim? The, 
uh, you know, the way the way I think about it, Aaron, is that I, I, I still will watch Doctor Strange, but there was no need to watch it for this particular reason because it wasn't going to be Deadpool. Yeah. I feel like what Tim's saying is I'll watch it sometime before I die. Yeah, you know. Sometime. So I will watch this movie. I will watch it the most. I will watch it. That's, that'll be Tim. You know. Oh, you just bring it to ManCon and, you yeah. know, throw it Once on. your taxes are done being audited, you'll watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you, Tim. I hear you. Um, <laughs> um, I like Deadpool a lot. I also like Doctor Strange a lot. I think both of them, uh, you know, are, 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 are really fine films. But the movie that I think about the most that has so many standout moments for me uh, is Captain America Civil War. I the the you know scenes between Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Spider-Man are just amazing. The fight scene at the airport, I think, is probably the best superhero fight scene we've seen so far. Um, it felt very real world. It felt it it felt like there were consequences. Uh, you know, it didn't feel like they were just up against a big CG background. Uh, I just I, I thoroughly enjoyed Captain America: Civil War. And when you when you think about it. All three of the Captain America movies have been stellar, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the and Captain better America. than the Avengers movies. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I think that those three movies are just fantastic. And I don't think anybody really expected that. But uh, all three of those Captain America movies are just gems. And what I find interesting is that they're not formulaic. You know, the the the. It isn't like, okay, here's what we're going to get in a Captain America movie. A Captain America movie can be any goddamn thing they want it to be. And I I love that. I love that they'll just, you know, Captain America Civil War was really an Avengers movie with Captain America as the main character. Um, I dug that. I I, I really enjoyed that about the movie. And what's funny is, you know, uh, right now Amazon Prime has started streaming Iron Man again. And so last night I watched Iron Man, which was the first of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, the first real one. Um, And it is so damn good and it holds up. I mean, it's been years and years and years since that movie came out. And it's still so damn good and really sets the tone and the foundation for these Marvel films. Uh, You know, it's hard to believe that we used to live in a world where we didn't have these. And then we lived in a world where we had just a movie and now we're getting, you know, two Marvel films a year. I yeah. just, I love them. So, Aaron, that Civil War was my runner-up, and yeah. it was the best portrayal of Spider-Man I've ever seen. Yeah. But I don't feel like it really stuck the ending. I felt like the ending kind of fizzled for me. It was an incredible movie, and I'll watch it over and over and over again. But I didn't feel overly satisfied by the ending, just like I didn't feel over, overly satisfied by the ending of the comic story Civil War. I thought the ending was pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I don't have any objections to when it. Z- I, yeah, when Zemo was explaining what, why he did what he did to Black Panther, yeah, that was that was a good scene. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It was a good movie. My only thing, we never got to see Zemo in the mask. I I, I didn't need that. I didn't need the mustache twirling. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> so okay, can, can so Wayne give us his vote? Yep. He, said he sure did. Oh, yeah, I Deadpool. voted Deadpool. So we have Deadpool a was the op. Deadpool was the obvious winner for me. All right, so we have a two-way tie. Civil War and Deadpool for favorite movie based on a comic book. Starting to get into our top categories of the year. Uh, Our our, our final three categories, starting with a favorite event or crossover. So, Aaron, why don't you start us off on this one? Well, 
I think that uh, we've talked about it all through uh, this awards ceremony. Uh, my favorite event slash crossover has got to be Rebirth. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, DC redeeming their new 52 characters, restoring those things that we loved about the uh, pre-Flashpoint universe, uh, resolving some things that, you know, have been bugging fans, particularly bugging me. Uh, it all kicked off with Rebirth number one. Uh, DC Universe colon Rebirth number one by uh, Jeff Johns and and a team of artists. Uh, and carrying through, I, I, one of the things that I just find so remarkable about it is that, you know, here we had this, um, you know, it's an event, but it's, it's more like, you know, it's, it's not like an event like Marvel does where it derails all the stories. This is telling the stories that you wanted to read. So it's, it's not just great storytelling and fantastic artwork on the meta level. It is just a throughput story. It's not interrupting anything. This is the story, right? Mm -hmm. This is the story that you wanted to see. And you know we're we're it's hard to believe that that was just back in June. Yeah, right? and I, mean, I, I, Aaron, I was surprised when I saw that. Oh, God, that was just in June. Yeah, and Aaron, when you look at it, I don't know about you. I bought a lot of those Rebirth number ones mm -hmm. and didn't pick up the series after. And I I can only think of maybe one case where I didn't pick up the series because the book was horrible. Mm -hmm. It was just some of them jumped out more than others, and I had to read the series. I would still go back and buy some of the other series on, you know, the D the DC sales. Yeah, um, we we typically do not do on this show anymore. There was a day and age uh, when we first started the funnies where we would say we'd have a category for worst, right? So every time we we'd tell you what our favorite was, we would also tell you what the worst was. Uh, but I will tell you, and we we've moved away from that. But I, I will tell you that I think one of the most disappointing events of the year has got to be Dark Knight Three. Oh God, um, yes. You know, we we had we were so excited about that, and it has it has not been executed well, both at the artistic level. You know, uh, the the you know the artist and writer you know haven't been able to meet their deadlines for whatever reason, um, and then at the meta you know and and in the so that's sort of the meta level, but it's also the storytelling and the artwork is just not there. It's just it's just horrible. <laughs> it's yeah. just horrible. And, you know, I'd like to say that uh, Civil War Two was just as bad, but let's face it, it's we don't know if it's the story we needed because it's not the story we wanted and we didn't read it. Yeah, right? none of us read it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I absolutely agree with you, Aaron. You know, DC Rebirth. Um, and one of the reasons I, I chose DC Rebirth isn't just the fact that it's an excellent story, but it's it's also a storyline. It, it is the the. the I got to say, in years, I have not had a crossover that has made me pick up as many books as DC Rebirth has. Sure, um, you know, New 52 had me pick up a bunch of first issues. DC Rebirth has I, I believe that was 52 first issues, Paul. 52 first issues, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but DC Rebirth has me picking up a, 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 like a dozen new titles, you know? I mean, books that I, I'm, I am picking up on a consistent monthly basis. And it's been a long time since I'm... You know, well, a, and they, a crossover has done that to me. And they executed that right because, you know, they, they did the, the rebirth number one uh, kickoffs. Right. So you had a rebirth title for just about every every book in, or I think for every book in the re, under the rebirth brand. Right. Um, and so that was almost a zero issue. And I will say that I, I, at the at the meta level outside the storyline, I found that a little confusing that you had two number ones for those series. I agree. Right. Uh, it was just hard to understand 
based on the way the book was branded, uh, you know, there were two different things. But you essentially had a zero issue, which is what I wish they'd called it. Uh, and well, then the then the number one. Go ahead. I'm Eric, sorry. I don't think it was a number one for every book. It was a number one for every line. So like Superman had a number one, but Action Comics. You're right. That's a fair point. Thank and you. the same for Batman. Batman, yeah. the Batman family had a rebirth number one. Yeah. And it just so happened they had a book called Batman. They had a book called Superman. Yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely a fair point. So it was, it was a, it was a rebirth number one book for every character that was under the rebirth uh, brand. But um, I think they just did such a remarkable job, not just in you know telling us the story that we wanted and telling it in such a, such a new and dynamic way, but also keeping the price low. Keeping the price at two ninety nine for most of these books has has made me want to buy more DC books and has made me experiment and say, okay, well, like for instance, I mean, this is outside of of, uh, of Rebirth, but like the the uh, Young Animal books, you yeah. know, I probably never would have picked up Shade the Changing Girl and you know Cave Carson and whatnot if my other DC books weren't so reasonably priced. Right. It enabled me to do that where, you know, whereas we see over in Marvel when they have an event, they just price everything out. You know, everything is just priced out of the range of experimentation and given that a shot. Uh, you know, their new books at a re quote reasonable price are all three ninety nine, whereas DC is still releasing two ninety nine books at a high quality. And so I, I love that we that we got both in a terrific story out of DC and rebirth and continue to get that story. Uh, and it's also priced well, and it comes out on time. Yeah. It all comes out on time. So imagine that, huh? Yeah. It's crazy talk. Who does my answer is my answer is DC rebirth. Yeah. All reasons, all reasons mentioned above. Yep. I was basically out of DC until rebirth and completely and totally on board with it afterwards. I mean, it, it wasn't just an event. It was, breathing life back into a universe yep so dc rebirth by another unanimous decision is our favorite event or crossover of 2016 so Ooh. paul talk, yes. talk to us about your favorite new series in 2016 you know here's the thing so i tried not to i tried to not to be unfair in this category <laughs> and i say that because if I was, my favorite new series would be the same as my favorite ongoing series, right? Because DC Rebirth, all those books started in 2016. So it would be very easy to just have the same series. So I tried to branch out and pick a series that wasn't also my favorite ongoing series. Right. So I, I bring up a book that I had mentioned earlier. Oh, um, I know what it is. And it's Star Trek Boldly Go. <laughs> Yeah, that that's mine as well. It's it's such a great reimagining. I I, I love that book. It's Tell a, us why you love it, Paul. You know, for me, I had stepped out of the Star Trek books, not because they were bad, but just because it's like, you know, it's it's licensed titles rarely excite me. Um, you know, the Star Wars books have been, you know, have have kind of fallen on hard times, at least, you know, for me. Um, and I just wasn't sure that I was going to pick up the Star Trek books because they're not always consistent. And I, you know, this year. Uh, they had some really good books. In addition to um, Boldly Go, there was also Star Trek Waypoint, which start, which has been excellent um, in its anthology storytelling. But there's really only been two issues, so it's hard for me to consider that, um, you know, my favorite new series. But Star Trek Boldly Go came in strong by introducing yeah. the Borg into the original series timeline, but reimagined through the J, you know, the Kelvin timeline, I should say. Um, right. 
you know, in, in, in a shocking moment that none of us actually saw coming. I didn't know the Borg were going to be in this freaking book. And uh, it, it has just been uniformly excellent. To, to, I mean, I, I am enjoying this book. And even though I enjoyed Star Trek Beyond, I am enjoying this book more than I enjoyed Star Trek Beyond, which, you know. Well, it, and, and as we said in our review of it, it really should be be the movie storyline. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, it's so, so good. So good. Uh, yeah, I was a little surprised that you didn't say Dr. Afro, Paul. I thought about it. Yeah, because uh, Doctor Afra. I mean, I, we've what, we had two issues so far. Yeah, three issues maybe. Um, but it's been so good. But I, I'm right there with you. Boldly go is uh, my choice uh, for this year. But I'll tell you, you know, going into 2016, I thought for sure that I was going to tell you Micronauts was going to be my favorite, or perhaps Rom. And both of those have been huge stinkers this year. Yeah, those have been uh, not good. <laughs> they have been so disappointing. For, for for books that, I mean, you know, they only had to meet me halfway, <laughs> you know, in terms of quality, because I was so invested in liking them. Mm-hmm. And I, I just hate both of them. I will tell you that Micronauts has had some great covers. Um, they've done a really nice job of, of cover art, but the in, the interior art and the interior stories have not been up to snuff. So, okay, so uh, Wayne, tell us your uh, favorite ongoing. <laughs> All right, favorite new. I'm sorry, favorite new. There was a. Uh, I had a hard time between two books that I love both of them so much, and one of them you'll probably make fun of me for, but uh, the one that I didn't go with was the Power Rangers. Pony. No, oh, Power fuck. Rangers. Power Rangers. You're right, Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> now, Wayne, I'll tell you, I'm not a Power Rangers guy, right? It's <laughs> I, I, I a given. I am not a Power Rangers guy, but I will tell you that I, you know, sitting in the theater uh, towards the end of 2016, I saw this trailer. God, that's like, horrible. I'm like, wow, this this uh, this movie looks really good. What is this? You know, and it's it's got these, you know, uh, young people discovering their abilities and and, you know, the consequences of those abilities. And then at the very end, they reveal that it's a Power Rangers movie. I I, I got to say, Aaron, for uh, things that didn't need to be said, I'm not a Power Rangers guy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty high on the list. <laughs> so Power Rangers hits a lot of nostalgia for me, and that's a big part of it. But the book has been written so well that uh, I even enjoyed the Power Rangers Justice League first issue crossover. I, I'm looking forward to the rest of that story. But And that would have won. And it was a very close call between that. But another book that I didn't pick up the first issue of until you guys told me about it, Star Trek Boldly Go. It's a damn good book. Yeah. The When you told me Borg were going to be in it, I, I had to at least get the first issue. And the writing is so good. The art is so good. And like a lot of things we've talked about during the course of this year, I feel like it's redeeming the Borg because the Borg in Star Trek have, uh, they've been overused. They've been weakened by giving them a queen. They've been, there are all these things that have made them not the horrible threat that they used to be. And this book makes them scary again. So uh, Wayne and Paul, have y'all read the most recent issue that wraps have, up the, the Borg storyline? I haven't yet. Okay. Then I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but we need to talk about it on the show. So, uh, you know, uh, read it for next week and we'll talk about it then. All right. Okay. So Tim. Uh, yeah, Timmy. Uh, it was, my vote was was Superman. It, it did start this year. I, I don't care about Paul. <laughs> it, it, meets, it meets the regulations. 
So therefore, it does. It I, does, and that's why I, I struggled. But I really, Star Trek boldly go deserved to be recognized, and clearly it was as our favorite new title of 2016. Star Trek boldly go. Very exciting. I didn't very, see that coming actually. Yeah, me neither. But I, I, it is a super strong book. So uh, something weird just happened here. What's our last category, Paul? Or are, are we on our last category? We are on our final category of 2016 Funny Book Awards, and it is the favorite ongoing series. Woo! Woo! So I feel like we're going to... I do... Now here, I feel it's going to be a bit of a no-brainer, but you never know. I, I've thought that before, and it hasn't worked out the way I thought. So, uh, Aaron, what is your favorite ongoing series of 2016? For all the reasons that we have previously stated, Superman. I, uh, I, I just, I love the book. I love the book. It's like putting on, putting on a pair of warm slippers. Uh, I love that book. I will second that. Uh, I will third that. Wait, wait, no, no, no. It didn't, st- ongoing, guys. Ongoing. <laughs> yeah, Superman's ongoing. It's new and it's an ongoing series. <sighs> Damn it. Um... You know, some of these things cross categories, Tim. You know, I don't. I, I feel like no, you guys didn't read the rules. <laughs> my, my vote. My vote's for Power Rangers. Oh, what? God. No. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I picked Action Comics. So same oh. general idea, but uh, one, it 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 didn't start this year, and two. I actually like action comics for the variety I get. I get a little bit of Lex Luthor. I've gotten a little bit of Thor in my action comics. There's just a the hint of it. It was really good. <laughs> and uh, I just feel like there's more go- there's more there's more wheels in motion in action comics than Superman. Superman's a really great book, but yeah, yeah. that's I picked action. And for me, I choose Superman over action. I love both books though. I chose Superman over action because of the heart that Superman has. Um, but I totally understand why you chose it, Tim. But, you know, clearly big year for Superman. So, you know, Superman won our favorite ongoing series of 2016. And uh, with that, we conclude our Funny Book Awards for 2016. But I want to ask you guys, what are you particularly looking forward to in 2017? Uh, why don't we start with, uh, you know, Aaron and I talked a little bit about this um, the other week, but I, I want to hear from you guys. Why don't we start with you, Tim? What 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 in 2017 are you looking forward to, either in comics or in comic book movies or, you know, TV shows or whatever? Oh, Thor Ragnarok is uh, is something that I'm, I'm itching for. But uh, so actually in comic books, I don't I don't know, Paul, because. I, I, I do miss a lot of my Marvel characters. It would be nice to get back into Marvel, but it's just been so, I don't know, cr- lame crossover, heavy, expensive, and, you know, stuff like that. It, you know, if somebody told me that they were going to cross off the Unworthy on the Thor book, I I, I damn well might get it. But, uh, no, I, 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 uh, I, I don't know. It's... I, I am looking forward to DC trying to continue to um, set the, the high quality bar that they, they've clearly shown this year with all of the awards they got. Well, you know, for me, I'm actually looking forward to a, a couple of things we've already mentioned um, during this podcast, which are Asgard Shi'ar War, which just started. Looking forward to delving into that story and reading it and talking about that next time we record. I'm looking forward to The Button. 
that crossover yeah, with Flash and Batman and unraveling more of that DC rebirth mystery. Um, and the movies, I'm damn sure looking forward to Justice League. So, Aaron, how about you? <laughs> you know, I am I will see Justice League. I will see it in the theater. I don't know that I'm looking forward to it, though. I just I'm, need a super cut of Jason Momoa. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't need to see them. Does Wonder Woman come out this year? Yes. I am looking forward to that. Um, but I will say that in terms of film, yeah, I'm right there with Tim. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is uh, is 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 something that I, I I'm I'm really, you know, we talked about how strong all three Captain America movies were, but I got to tell you, the last Thor movie was, you know, I hate to say it, I, I hate to use such strong terms, garbage. Uh, I, I just that movie's terrible. It doesn't bear up under rewatch. Uh, I, I I wasn't interested in it when I was watching it. And even less interested now that I own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, but I am super excited about Thor Ragnarok because I like all the actors. I like everything that's going on in those films. Uh, you know, I like all, all the pieces parts they've got. I'm hoping that uh, this gives us something awesome to look at and experience because I've seen some of the uh, the artwork from the film with the silhouette of Hela. Oh, yeah, this looks hot. Um the movie I'm most looking forward to in 2017 is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I am I cannot begin to express how giddy I am about that. I love the trailer. Uh, I love those characters. I, I just I'm 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 ready. I'm ready, Paul. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> I'm also really excited about the new Spider-Man movie, but. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is the movie I'm the most excited about. Uh, in comics, the button is the thing that uh, I just cannot wait for. I, I'm, I'm ready to, to let's find out what's going on. Let's reveal what we reveal. Very exciting. Wayne, what are you looking forward to in 2017? So let's start with movies. You guys have hit on a bunch of them. I'm excited about Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm Even though the last Thor movie wasn't particularly good, this one is going to have Hulk and Doctor Strange. So I'm yep. excited about that. I'm excited about the new Star Wars. I can't wait for that. The uh, movie-wise, though, the one that I'm really looking forward to is Spider-Man Homecoming. You know, Spider-Man is one of my top two heroes. It's Spider-Man and Superman by far are my top two. And to see him come back to the screen in a version that I think I'm going to love, I am so giddy about that. Uh, comic book wise, like you guys have already mentioned the button, uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of the Power Rangers, uh, <laughs> Justice League crossover. Aaron he says it with a straight face. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron cannot stop himself from laughing. <laughs> and I get that. I really do. You know, at least it's not my little ponies. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will of course give the, uh, Scarlet Spider book a chance when it comes back out because, I'm a huge Ben Riley fan, even though this is just a clone of a clone. And I just I want Marvel to I want a Marvel version of Rebirth, basically. I don't think it'll happen, but I want them to come back to their roots. I'm missing some things. Fantastic Four has been gone long enough that I'm starting to miss them. And I'm mostly starting to miss them because I bought a Galactus toy the other day at uh, a toy show here. But I really uh, it was the original Toy Biz one. How big is it? About, uh, it's well over a foot. That's oh, what uh, she said. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But yes, yeah, so I am. Uh, I want some Fantastic Four, and if I don't get it, I'll have to go back and try to see if uh, Comicsology has 
older Fantastic Four. Uh, and that's what I've when Marvel's had their sales, I've been picking them up because they're exactly I, I would love a uh, Fantastic Four book told in the spirit, the real spirit of Fantastic Four, a family and adventure and exploration, uh, not the crap that we've gotten from uh, uh, James Robinson and Matt Fraction, that none of that scratched yeah. any. You know, it was it was a whole lot of uh, Reed Richards being a bad husband. Uh, and yeah. I, I don't like and that. I'm, I'm really with you there. And I don't want them to just bring it back. I want them to get back to when it was good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I'm surprised you didn't mention Planet of the Apes, Wayne. I oh. didn't mention it because I thought you would. Yes. And Planet of the Apes. I, I am very excited <laughs> about that as well. Very good. Well, Paul, I think that we have wrapped up the funnies. I think we have. Do you want to tell us what's coming out next week, or uh, is that somebody else's problem? I think that's somebody else's problem. But we are going to talk on, about <laughs> some of the books we've already mentioned. We're going to talk about the newest issues of um, the, the the book that you were talking about earlier that I forget. Uh, <laughs> Power Rangers Justice League? We, we will talk about Power Not. Rangers Justice League because I picked it up and I will read it with you, Wayne. Oh, my oh. God. God damn it. Thank oh you, Paul. God. I appreciate that. <laughs> We're going to talk about, we're going to continue talking about Justice League versus Suicide Squad as that nears its completion. Um, of course, we're going to, I'm going to be talking about the Asgard Shi'ar War, because uh, I'm, I'm very excited to be talking about that with you guys. And that and a ton of other stuff as we round about into next week and 2017 in Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. We're going to talk about the bleach we're bringing, Aaron, because we need a cleansing. <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to tell us your thoughts about uh, what we talked about today in the Funny Books Award, or if we missed something that you need to praise, give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Guys, great year. Stay, come, come back next time for our eighth annual Funny Books awards wow at Hi, which everybody. point we will have outlasted my first marriage <laughs> <laughs> have a good one take care podcast theme music graciously provided by mark andrew pope for more information visit markandrewpope.com funny books with aaron and polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com no spider-man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast